so much for joining us for Faith in Four Letter Words, where we take an unapologetically real look at surviving the boys' club, perfect poly, and motherhood, all while living in the glass fishbowl on Amanda Goodman. And I'm Tara Thomas. Back in the day, in my younger, more innocent years, when I was a news anchor, I used to write a mommy blog called Baby Steps. And as you did, and ultimately pushed out a lot through social media, we both enjoyed the cathartic nature of sharing very personal stories. And years ago, when writing said blog, I shared about a freak accident that happened with my husband. And many people years later remembered that and have asked me about it. And so for those who've never heard it, it's so fascinating because it could happen to any of us. And there are so many things that, you know, we laugh about in reflection, but at the time it was a a really serious situation. And so I think we all have these stories that happen to us and our loved ones that we sort of file away as, wow, remember when, but I actually, from a faith perspective, try to not sort of forget the details of of these situations, because as we know, as we've seen so much in the news, these these tragic situations Mm -hmm. take horrible turns when somebody is permanently injured, loses their life. I mean, so, so we were spared. We were spared. The tragic outcome, and I need to be grateful and prayerful not to forget that. So, picture my husband, as I described in, a, in previous podcasts, the man who's doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the kitchen. I'm I was not doing a lot of meal preparation, still am not. So he got out that proverbial frozen bag of small chicken nuggets. And back when my kids were just starting to eat, you know, the chicken nuggets, it would have been Thomas probably about age three. Charlotte five. And so he was, you know, in the microwave or actually he's more of the spray the pan (laughs) oven man with the chicken nuggets. I'm more like, let's do them soggy on a paper plate in the microwave kind of girl. So he made on this platter a large helping of chicken nuggets and was cutting them up into small pieces for Thomas as he's cutting them up and setting it on Thomas's plate he popped a couple chicken nuggets full-sized into his mouth. Well, when he swallowed it, he recalled telling me like a couple days later, it, something felt weird in my throat. Like it, there was like a, a pull or a scratch uh-huh. in his throat. So that led to days later, his throat was visibly swollen and it was like impairing his breathing airway. So he goes into urgent care after calling like the dentist and then them saying, well, no, if it's your throat, like you can't come to us kind of thing. So he goes into urgent care. Now this I've talked about because this led to the hospital trip. So he leaves urgent care because they pretty much said, well, we really can't do anything about it because it we're not seeing anything in your throat, so to speak. As he's walking to his car, a nurse staff member from the medical facility runs out and says, wait a minute, we think you need to go to the ER. Just, just get an x-ray, you know, thank God that God sent that woman out into the parking lot. He goes to the ER, they do an x-ray. There was a metal shiny object lodged in the lining of his throat. He then had to go into emergency surgery. And that's the story that I've shared where he was on his back being wheeled in and it was at 4.45 p.m., and everyone around him, as the anesthesia was kicking in, said, where's your spouse? Where's your significant other? And his final words before he went under were, 
she's doing the news uh, as they wheeled right. him into the emergency room. Yeah, you couldn't be there. Oh. They could not operate adequately because the throat and the tissue was so swollen. They put him on a steroid the following week. He was supposed to come back in and they were going to have another go at it. And I said, because I had at the time, as I described very young children, I said, can you get this wrapped up in a way that he can still travel with me on a 10 day trip to New England with the viewers because I was doing a trip with the viewers and it was a free trip and my kids were going to be watched by the grandparents. And this was my only chance for a, a short-term escape. So like get the throat issue resolved and let's get on the Amtrak out to out East. <laughs> they were able to go back in and the woman in the operating room, one of the, the nurse or surgical staff, they saved in a little clear plastic the chicken bone cap yeah you know whatever bottle the metal shard oh, that had apparently yeah. come off the assembly line and embedded in the chicken nugget that had it not gone into his throat lining would have gone down into his stomach and possibly punctured organs or the lining and caused him to bleed out and die my god so by the by them removing said object it led to then us trying to pursue like how would you resolve this issue well everyone at that time when i shared it was in two camps either you need to contact an attorney or how dare you try to sue it was an accident <sighs> sure so, See, if I ate a chicken nugget with a metal shard of glass, I'd be like, who did it to me? Like, who's trying well, to take and me it, out? Oh my gosh. And it was a metal, it was like a metal gosh. sliver, but it was so thin and so sharp that it, it, you know, caught and embedded in the lining. It was a two year process. They, the settlement from the company that manufactured the chicken nuggets has so many, this is, they're so big and yeah. this is so common that they have like a team of 20 some lawyers to handle all of these issues. So it's basically like they give you some money to never, you know, go after them again. And so we ended up getting more money than what, you know, the medical bills that were incurred. And, and so it was an unexpected, like $10,000 windfall in light of, of, of a horrible situation. But I always think back to just how, and this always happens, like when you have those potential freak accidents or happenings isn't it bizarre how like things play out in slow motion like the woman running out to tell him go to the emergency room i mean it's like you do the you sort of flash back and was it a coincidence or was god intervening yeah and I then mean, on the flip god. side when someone dies that's not to say that god ignored you you know so i right. mean there's no way to remedy it so so tell the story as much as it's, it would pain you to do so, tell the story about when your baby had the outlet. Oh gosh, yeah, the outlet. If for those not familiar, it um, monitors your heart, the baby's heart and oxygen levels. So um, it helps um, prevent, you know, SIDS because you know many babies who pass away in their sleep, it's you know what no. But long story short, we were. It was the middle of the night and I went upstairs in our old house. We only had one bathroom, one and a half baths. And it was one of those old um, uh, character homes. And so the bathroom was on like the top floor. She was on like the main level where I was like laying in the lazy boy. And I, Tara, I heard this excruciating loud um, beeping noise. It was like the loudest alarm you would, and it was like obnoxious. And I 
left the bathroom and I don't even think my feet touched the floor. Like I just jumped down all of the stairs. And when I got to her, her eyes were just open very, very wide. And she was just like staring at me, but you can tell she wasn't breathing. And so I picked her up and I kind of like gave her like a, I didn't shake her, but you know, you kind of like, Hey, you know, like I can't even explain it. And then she just, it sounded like this <gasps> and took this breath. And then she started crying. Oh my God. Her oxygen levels dipped dangerously low as did her heart rate dangerously low. So wow. I take her to the pediatrician, obviously the next morning, I, I kept her up all night. That was probably like two o'clock in the morning, kept her up all night, take her to the pediatrician to have the doctor look at me and say, she would have died through that. She never would have woke up. Like that was oh the most gosh. crazy, like I never slept anyway. Like I only started sleeping when we discovered this outlet because it was, you know, it was amazing. I mean, because it gave, it gave you, it gives parents peace of mind. Like that's their, I believe that's mm -hmm. their slogan. And, um, it was gifted, you know, to me from Knox Blocks foundation. And I still will never forget that. Like I play that over and over and over in my, I mean, and to see her like that. And you know, when I'm not a medical person by any means, I know nothing about medicine or saving somebody. But when I saw her, like my instant thing, I was just basically like breathe, like, Oh my God, snap out of it. What's going on? Because you could tell she wasn't breathing. It was so scary. It's, so, it's horrifying. It is horrifying. And I, so I encourage anyone, you know, look into those kind of products. You know, I'm not going to like look into those kind of things because it will give you peace of mind. That alarm though is a sound that I never want to hear again. Like that oh, was, oh, yeah, no. it's terrifying. I mean, yeah. You'll never forget that moment. And okay. So as we head into warmer weather, I need to say the PSA of your children need to be watched at all times when they are around water. And Ugh. both of my children had potential drowning scares. Ugh. I mean, horrible, horrible. My son, my, I grew up with a pool Sure. Yep, and same. everyone who ever grew up with a pool yeah. has been taught their whole life. You never go out in the backyard without mommy and daddy around the pool. And that's like, you know, the thing you have to drill into your kid's head. So, mm -hmm. But we still had situations where we had people over swimming and one time this girl went under and I remember everybody froze and it was this guy that was there that was the only one that reacted and jumped in and got her. I mean, so, I mean, it's horrible because you say you're going to be ready to react and you're, but you don't know how your reflexes are going to play out when said tragedy starts to unfold. And it's just weird because there's this, this, there's like this weird human nature thing that I saw one time on discovery where they said, if you're on a plane crash, that only 10% of the people will have the ability to try to lead everyone else to the exit or to safety. And that, that we're all the rest of us, the rest of the 90% that we're all just like following along like sheep. And so I've seen that in tragic situations where one person reacted and everybody else froze. And so I don't think that I'm in the 10% of people who react. So that said, my children were then going to my parents' home, the, the house that they moved into years later, they put another pool in the backyard. And okay. so they always said to the grandkids, like, you can never be in this pool without Nana and Papa. You can't be around in the backyard without Nana and Papa if your mom and dad aren't here and that you have to have floaties at all times if you don't know how to swim on your own. So Dave and I go on a trip. My parents have Charlotte and Thomas. Okay. Charlotte is at that point still in floaties. And Thomas was so little. I mean, he could be in the pool in floaties, but he was very little. I mean, he was probably like two maybe. So like two and four. And Charlotte 
they both learned how to swim at my parents and they are pretty prolific swimmers so much so that, you know, I would trust them now being older, but you still can never turn your back with children. And my mom got Charlotte, got Thomas out of the pool and took off his floaties. And she turned to help Charlotte out of the pool. And when she turned her back in a very quiet, silent way, as children do, it's not a big splash. Thomas Uh, stepped down into a step that was in the deep end and he went, he was over his head. uh, And as my mom was struggling to get Charlotte out and get her towel and get her floaties off, she didn't see or hear Thomas. My dad, by the grace of God, happened to come out of the back of the house, way up above on the concrete levels above the pool and screamed out when he saw Thomas floating face down in the deep end. Uh, Had my dad not come out, he could have died. But my mom then instantly sprung to action and dragged him out. And he coughed up a lot of water and was by, thank God, okay. When Charlotte was old enough to walk in and out of a pool and Thomas was still a baby, we were all at that Jumer's Casino hotel in the quad cities where they had a pool and we were excited for the kids to swim obviously with my parents because i think it was like you know the time of the year when you can't swim outside yeah i was with dave or no dave was in the water and he came over to the edge of the pool and i was helping thomas get floaties on and, and was going to hand him to dave we both had our backs to charlotte charlotte was waiting to get into the pool And Dave was going to like go over and kind of be with her. And it was going to be the part of the pool that wasn't over her head. And she, at this point, didn't have floaties. She steps down into the pool when our backs were turned. This, I mean, this happens in in less than 30 seconds. So when people say like, you know, oh, I, I didn't ever look away. Well, you can't look away even for a minute. And so when we did, she walks down, down, down the steps, steps off the last step. And the water was just above you know, the top of her head. So she was fully submerged. So we didn't hear her because she just walked right down into it. My sister happens to walk into the pool area and screams out, looks around and she says, where's Charlotte? Where's Charlotte? And then Dave jumps to attention, turns around and sees her standing fully submerged and goes and grabs her out of the water. So both of my children have had horrific, you know, sort of near drowning experiences. Yeah. And so I cannot stress enough to people like, and I'm telling you this because not to put a badge of honor on my, on me, but I don't drink. I've never been drunk. I don't sit around a pool with cocktails in a position yeah. where I'm not. Yeah. You're paying attention. Right. hundred percent sober focused on my kids. Sure. I just don't do it. Right. You know, and that's not to knock no. my husband and my parents who do have drinks. My point is to say that I am like ultra, um, in a position to be ultra observant and, and sort of, you know, the ultimate supervisor of, and no, you've I'm also, and you've also covered stories about this from time and time again, oh, drownings, oh, oh, you've covered swimming, and, pool safety. Yeah. yeah. So you are very you know, well versed. You know what it is where they've taken in all that water yeah. and you think they're okay. And then they Secondary die the drowning. next day because they, t- yes. So yeah. that freaked me out. I yeah. mean, so seriously, like, honestly, oh, yes, you're absolutely God. right. Like I am more paranoid. So the, the moral, I guess, of this whole thing is to say like, don't ever like assume that your spouse is watching the kid. And so now I'm mm. always like 
little kids, like hypervigilant where I have, this is how bad it is. Like, and you know this, and, and let's be honest about this. I, we go on sport, like overnight travel team tournaments all the time. And I'm going to tell you what I did. And I don't, I, I don't apologize for this. There are so many people who leave their kids in those hotel pools mm-hmm. unattended when it's yep. a huge group of people and they're out on the pat- adjacent patio um, consuming alcohol when their parent, when their kids of all ages are unsupervised in the pool. And so I, I, I was so frustrated. It was a year ago when things started to resume. Here's my kids at that point, you know, uh, 11 and, and 14. And if they're in the pool, am I less concerned now at the age that they are? Absolutely. I was like the only adult in there. Okay. In the pool area, I'm watching other people's people's kids kids. and I'm talking, these kids are single digits. They're under 10. Mm. So I thought, you know what, this is ridiculous. So I went out on this patio and if I have to be the buzzkill, if I have to be the older mom who, you know, comes down on everybody like the din mother, so be it. And you know what I said? I said, um, if there's anyone out here who has a child that's 10 or under being unsupervised or who's in the water, like, you need to get in there and watch them. Yeah. Well, do you think people do that to, to you deliberately because they know that you don't drink alcohol? Do you think they're like, oh, well, Tara's out there. She'll watch them. For, you know what I mean? Because oh, there's always probably. there's always a yeah, handful sure, of those. Sure. Yeah. Oh, sure. But the thing that kills me about that is like, if you did end up having your child have some horrible, you know, injury or near drowning situation, like I just, I, I would... I would surmise that many of those individuals would pursue like legal action against the hotel. And the fact is, is like some of that is totally on you. It is. It's yeah. I mean, now grant, no, you know, they don't have lifeguards in the hotel pools as we know, but the other example that is horrible and I will leave you with this third near drowning story. When my sister was five, we went to Disney world and we were staying at that resort in Disney world where they have that huge, tropical oasis of a pool, uh-huh. which back in the day, back then, my sister is was born in 78. So picture in the 80s, when these pools were, you know, packed to the brim, and they didn't have all of the lifeguards and safety standards in place like they do today, where now you've got like, you know, these regimented lifeguards at these resorts. And my mom was lying on a lounge chair. And she thought my dad was watching my sister and my dad was famous for having, you know, a thousand and one conversations with people around the pool and then not seemingly paying as much attention. And we all do it and I'm guilty of it. And my mom, something came, this is God for me. This is, this is where people that think like me in God enters into the picture. God told my mom, like something came over her, a sixth sense of something's wrong. Where's Sarah? Where's Sarah? She jumps up from the lounge chair. And as she describes it, she looked out over this huge packed pool. And in the far middle spot, she sees two little hands. Oh my gosh. Struggling, waving and realizes, oh "Oh my God, it's my daughter. She said she has never in her life it, it, it defied human power. She, she sprinted and flung herself over 
hundreds of people, Amanda, like and threw herself into the pool and was able to like rescue my sister because she had this superhuman strength that overtook her because it was the mother's instinct kicking in if I have to save my child. And I never forgot that because then I always said to myself, oh my God, like I can't let that happen to me and I'm going to make sure that never happens to me. And then it happened to me with both my kids It's where they almost drowned. So I just can't stress enough to people like never, never let your kid who Mm -hmm. can't swim be anywhere near that water unless you have the floaties on or one of those nowadays, they have those awesome like zip on contraptions where it has a floaty around their waist, like get them in the floaty. You know, it's also, get your drink. It's also, you know, and the thing is, is even if you have swimming lessons and we see a lot of people from the Midwest, like I grew up going to the beach all the time, like on the East coast, we were always at the, you know, down the shore all like every week. Right. So it doesn't matter how good of a swimmer you are, how many lessons your kid takes, the kid cannot handle themselves in the ocean because you have something called the undertow. And that undertow will pull you out to dangerous places where you cannot get back in. And it's, it's so, you know, I tell my kids like they like riding waves and I'm like, you know, a wave could also break your neck. Like you have to respect Mm -hmm. the ocean. Like the water is the most powerful force in our world. Right. But I will say, I will end on this. There is nothing funnier. Okay, now, stay with me on this. So when your kid gets knocked over by like a little wave, and it's like they're by up by the coast, <laughs> and then they're trying, like, because you know when you get knocked over a wave and you're struggling to get up, and then when you get up, you realize you're only in like an inch of water. <laughs> so I'm the mom. Like, once I know they're fine, and they're just struggling to get up because they don't know which end is up, and they are struggling, and they stand up, and it's like literally they're sitting in a puddle. <laughs> Like, and I'm like the mom. Oh I'm my like, gosh, funny, but, I love it. But that's what I tell people. It's like so, I get so funny. I get so nervous when my friends who are not, they go to the beach maybe once a year, once every two years from the Midwest. And they, my friend, they're enjoying their cocktails on the beach and they, they're let their kids go in the ocean because it's fun. And they're worried about sharks, which is also, you know, that's a reasonable thing to worry about, but they're not understanding how dangerous it is. So when you're embarking mm-hmm. on your summer vacations be careful with those you know too many kids get pulled out and they don't they don't come back not to end on oh, that absolutely. note but, you know yeah sorry sorry for our morbid topic but i just thought that those stories are everyone has those stories and then we forget like the, they could have completely turned out differently but they so literally happen to everybody so me. i'm glad you share those oh, stories yeah. tara because you are extremely intelligent you're extremely involved in your kids lives and the fact i mean it scares me it, if it happened to you I mean, it yeah. will happen to Things anyone can of us. Can and will happen to all. Absolutely to 100%. all of us. So, so we're all in the same, you know, mm-hmm. overwhelmed and, yep. and anxiety-ridden parenting boat. Yes. On that note, <laughs> try to have a stress-free week. Have a great week. <laughs> Stay away from the water.